0: All right. Welcome into this week's episode of the commitment issues podcast. I'm Woody Womack. We're coming to you on a new recruit, uh, recording platform. So we're trying to work out some technical glitches on our end, but we got Rob Cassidy joining us from Miami. Rob, how's it going? It's great. Yeah. You mentioned the new, the new platform that we're recording on. So if Nick
1: sounds like a duck, like he did earlier for 10 minutes when we first tried to record, you'll know why that is.
0: Yeah. And then we, of course, we have our producer, Nick, who we're trying to lighten his workload, uh, in Austin, Texas.
2: Nick, how's it going? And Nick wear a potato sack and he would look good. <laughs> I got all kinds of drops to play with now. I only have a few that, that are loaded up, but boy, you you can believe here in a couple episodes, we're gonna have we're gonna have a lot of funny things to play. Here goes my sensitive ladder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. let's <That's> not <laughs> get carried away. We got
0: Bald Brian over here, uh, <laughs> queuing up the sound effects. Hey, welcome
1: to the Morning Zoo Podcast, The <laughs> <laughs> Kruger and
0: Robcast. <laughs> <laughs> that was a self uh drop so anyway we want to remind you you can find the show on itunes and all types of other pl- uh podcast platforms maybe we'll do more episodes once we can figure this out um so anyway we're going to jump right into the topics we got a lot of stuff going on this week surprising surprising week we had well uh, uh we were all here in atlanta we're going to start out cameron rising the quarterback uh committed to oklahoma he's from california he flips to Texas, and uh, boy, the internet was really surprised. I guess we'll start with you, Nick. You're in Texas. I know he's not your player, but but I mean, what what was your surprise level when uh, he decided to do that?
2: Yeah, well, it's it's especially surprising considering that Casey Thompson, uh, four star quarterback out of Oklahoma, is a very recent commit to Texas himself. So for for him to for him to commit, I mean, we're we're talking about a week or uh, maybe, you know, two weeks or so, uh, before he made that, that flip from Oklahoma. So that, in that sense, it is, it is pretty strange. So I think, you know, now the obvious, um, you know, attention turns to what Casey Thompson is going to choose to do. We might get a situation where he flips to Oklahoma and then we basically just trade quarterback commitments between the two schools, which is pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, this is kind of, this is kind of an unorthodox sort of chain of events. Wouldn't you say? Yeah, you know, and I
0: talked to some people uh, behind the scenes. Obviously, you know, we're not super dialed in on the West Coast, but I do know some people close to uh, Thompson. And, and, you know, this person led me to believe that he knew it was going to happen and, and had maybe advised Thompson against committing to Texas in the first place. And now, I mean, I've heard from other coaching staffs, Asking me what Thompson's commitment level is because they want to get in there. So I think you have a situation where Texas might say, Hey, look, we got two quarterbacks coming in. That'd be great to help us kind of restock. But I just, I think it's going to be tough to hold on to Thompson. I think clearly them taking rising, you know, I don't know if it sends a message to Thompson, but I mean, when you look at our rankings. He's, he's, uh, you know, the number 52 player in the country, a guy that a lot of people like and was considered a huge, Win for Oklahoma in recruiting when they got him, and now it just, it just you know struck me as odd. You know, it's one thing if he would have flipped to USC or or somebody you know on the West Coast, but for him to go straight to straight to a rival, I mean that that's got a sting. Rob, what did you what was your take on the outside looking in when that happened? It's
1: you know you think when something like this happens that early, and you get two rivals, two fifty quarterbacks in the same class, unless it's an Alabama situation or an Ohio State situation or a team that's really on top of the heap right now it becomes woefully hard for schools to hang on to two quarterbacks of this caliber. Uh, you don't see it very often from schools that aren't in that very top notch, you know. Uh so that was my reaction is all right, somebody's got to go and it's probably not the one that's committed <laughs> most recently, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I and that, that's a that that is a bummer because it seemed like everything was good they emerged you know as a as the leader in his eventual school i think he liked clemson a lot they never really offered i think the school to watch there could be oregon as they're trying to, to swoop in on him and like you said oklahoma also is going to be a factor um but this is a big victory for texas i mean i i think especially given the success the quarterbacks have had at oklahoma and in their current quarterback you know in the heisman trophy discussion yeah, this is a, this is a win, and we were just a month a month ago. Nick and I at the Dallas camp were talking about how little buzz Texas had among the recruits. Um, Nick, is this well, a the si- th- things? I know you've talked about silent commits and things of that nature.
2: Yeah, well, actually, the you know the interesting thing that uh, that I think we should watch here too is because you know in in comparing. The situation that we had in 2017 when, you know, Clemson had, uh, two four star quarterbacks, or actually Hunter Johnson finished as a five star. So two high profile, uh, quarterbacks committed in the class. I mean, this situation is different in Texas too, because, you know, you're talking about Shane Burchell came in. And, uh, you know, played majority of the season as the de facto starter, I guess. And, and that was a, a true freshman season. See, so he's coming back as a sophomore. You got Sam Ellinger, who they took. And now, and now two other quarterbacks in this class. I mean, I don't think the, the chances of the two of them sticking together in this class are very high. Uh, but I mean, as far as the, you know, as far as the, the way things are going with Texas is concerned, I mean, you know, the, the interesting thing of note when Thompson committed was the fact, and what we talked about was the fact that he was on campus for, uh, for the school's junior day event. And, you know, that was when they were able to, uh, get a, a good sales pitch into him. And that's, you know, where the deal was iced, we'll say. And, uh, with Rising, I'm, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head what his level of experience was in terms of visits, uh, to the campus here. So, but either, either way, I mean, whether you're talking about him recruiting with kids directly or, uh, recruiting kids from afar, uh, in, in Rising's case and getting him to flip from a big, a big rival. I mean, this is a huge win any way you slice it for Texas.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting is, this is going to be – this makes for fun college football stuff down the line, assuming he ends up being the starter at Texas one day. I mean, talk about a big addition to that rivalry. I love stuff like this where he goes into Oklahoma and, you know, they really let him have it and get his phone number and <laughs> put it on a sign on college game day. I love stuff like that. So um big win for Texas. You know, I, I think they should, they should really be celebrating, even if it means that they lose Thompson. I think, uh, Rising is obviously the higher ceiling guy. And I think this sort of resets the QB dominoes. They're starting to fall here with some guys committing, as we'll talk about later on. But now you've got schools that, that, you know, may look at Thompson and then put other guys on the back burner. As they prioritize trying to flip him. So there's a few big guys out there that are still, that still need to commit. And once they do, you know, I think that's when it benefits a lot of the, the lower ranked guys who have been waiting for offers, especially with coaches coming out in the spring. But boy, that was a, that was a shocker for me. And I know, uh, I know Josh McQuiston, who covers Oklahoma for us, said nobody saw it coming. What, what,
2: what did he say, Nick? You had it, uh, you, you had told me about it. He said, no, period, one, period, saw, period, it, period, coming, period. Actually, in know, all caps, so much louder than that. <laughs> you know how much I love people putting
0: periods in between individual words, especially a no one. Um, so anyway, <laughs> big shout out to Josh. <laughs> he does a great job covering Oklahoma. He gets a little hyperbolic as he was, he was real upset about the Thunder losing, uh, last night, he was defending Russell Westbrook acting like a child for the second straight night in a row. So, um, Anyway, I'm Team Pat Beverly, as, as sad as that is. So I wanted to I pivot. I know we were talking, this isn't on the rundown, so I'm going to go off off script already. Nick, Oklahoma, they lose him. Then they lose commitments from their two 2019 wide receivers. I think they're both four stars in uh, RJ Henderson and uh, what's the other kid's name? I'm sorry, I can't remember. From Allen? Uh, Theo Weiss. Theo Weiss. So those two are friends. They committed about the same time when was it it was earlier this year so uh, uh, is this a negative sign for for Oklahoma and Texas or is this just these two kids committed way too early especially considering the offers they've been picking up
2: yeah definitely i think that's that's got to be the scenario i mean in 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 henderson's case i mean the offers you know all, all spring long i mean we has picked some uh, pick some up here and there but uh, in rj's case i mean the the offers just kept coming consistently as if you never committed to begin with both of those guys you know, we're talking about the, the significance of a junior day event. Both those guys committed, uh, at Oklahoma's, uh, junior day events, uh, shortly before Texas's. So, you know, you know how it is, you know, guys, guys get on campus. They see everything that's going on. They, you know, Bob Stoops is a, um, you know, a coach with a, with a, a huge reputation, especially, you know, with, with kids in this region. Uh, you know, so, so you just get caught up in the moment. It's a big opportunity. They commit. And, uh, you know, it was, might have just been a little too quick. I am, I, I am kind of surprised though, uh, you know, just, just at how quickly, you know, they chose to decommit as well. I mean, there's nothing, you know, there's no reason if, if you're picking up offers at the pace that they were, uh, even throughout your commitment and, and teams have the sense that your commitment might not be that solid. They still want to recruit you. You know, there's no, you know, there's nothing hurting them to, uh, stay committed or decommitted other, other than the fact that this might, you know, should they choose to come back to Oklahoma later on, I mean, you know this maybe this does something to that relationship there
0: yeah it's it's just interesting it's and I think Rob, you take this approach too sometimes when a kid when a kid commits more than a year before his signing day, you almost are like, "Well, now we know which school he's not going to uh and this isn't just you know obviously this is an Oklahoma problem, this happens everywhere, I mean the amount of kids in Florida who commit to Louisville. Or wherever, or even even My here. My favorite is
1: the, is the guy that commits to a West Coast school a year before signing day without ever visiting. And there's one <laughs> or two a year, you know. It's like some Miami kid. This year it was Cameron Davis, who's not committed to Miami. Texts me out of the blue one day and it's like, yeah, I committed to Oregon State. You ever been there? It's like, no, nah, I'm gonna go.
0: okay that's where i'm going to school now i'm going to oregon i'm going to corvallis (laughs) so you know these guys had obviously been to oklahoma but I, i just think they jumped the gun oklahoma was was i think really the first major offer for for both of them as i remember covering them at the true 19 game and they didn't really have a whole lot of offers that was in january only three months ago so you know i tell these kids all the time You know, when they, when they tell me I'm committing on a certain day and they put this pressure on themselves and you ask them, where are you going? And they say, you don't know. And you're like, you don't have to commit on Wednesday, April 24th, just because you tweeted out that you were going to have a big announcement, you know? And I think that's happens with a lot of kids. They put this fake uh, pressure on themselves and that, that hurts a little bit and ends up, ends up rushing the process for them. So already off topic, already, 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 uh, going down the wrong path. Big news this week. Courtesy of Officer Friedman, I believe he broke this story. Michael Parsons. Can we not have a
1: drop for Officer Friedman? We should have like a comp siren or something.
0: <laughs> well, we need uh, the yeah. only drop. The only drop we need for Adam Friedman is, is there's been some shifts t- to that
2: list or whatever. Uh, man, I really, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to go back and and take a look and try and dig some of these up. I mean, I, you know, I only had a limited amount of time this morning here before before we got to the recording. So the, the well, and I'll
0: be I'll be sending you some as well. So uh, we'll we'll keep working on that, but. Uh, he decommits. We talked about him earlier in the process with the dog named Brutus. Um, this is a big blow for Penn State. And <laughs> does this mean the dog story was true? If he goes to Ohio State, it has to be the dog gets all the credit, right? You got to refresh my memory
1: on the dog story. He was committed. He got the dog and tweeted that his name was Brutus. Is that right? Is yeah. That, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a topic of conversation. This and time. he had to make a big, huge pub, you know, public statement saying, Hey, you know, Br- Brutus is just a name. It was in a top three. He had, he had two other, it was like, it was like a normal commitment, right? He had two <laughs> other names in the fold. Brutus, Brutus went out.
0: <laughs> so yeah. Penn, St- Penn state is having a, Penn state's having a great uh, recruiting class, but this one stings. I mean, I know, I think Ohio State is believed to be the favorite now. He could go back to Penn State. Alabama's in the mix. Um, George is surprisingly in the mix as well, according to some people, and and LSU as well. So I I don't know what he does. I think this is a kid. Um, I seem to remember pushing for him to be a five-star when we did our initial rankings, and I was uh, vetoed by the officer for uh, whatever reason, and then he ended up coming around to it. I, I think, you know, Mike is a kid with a big personality and I think he enjoys the recruiting process. And, you know, we never, we don't hold it against him, right? When a kid wants to do it. I just think a lot of these kids are, you know, they're getting offered earlier and they're rushing into the commitment. And then, you know, he, he's looking at it and say, Hey, I want to take other visits. I want to do other things. So it's a blow for Penn State, but I would put the odds at 50-50 that he ends up back there, especially if they have another good year, uh, this fall. So you guys got anything to add to that? Probably not. <laughs>
1: It's a fifteen thirty-eight. Do not want a five-star in progress?
0: <laughs> this is a code. Uh, this is. A, I don't know what a good code would be for that. Code we seventeen,
1: try. talented player in Maryland, five-star status.
0: <laughs> gotta make the <laughs> <laughs> copy. Do you copy? We've got a five-star D commitment. Suspect, <laughs> suspect goes by the name Micah Parsons. May or may not be with a dog going by the name of Brutus. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, let's move on. Jeez. I got Officer Friedman, we were able to get him on the podcast he this weekend.
1: Have, no doubt about it. He, I mean, we could have
0: bachelor parties. He's just off his bachelor party. I'm sure he's
1: got some good bachelor party stories.
0: Well, we should bring in Tim Sullivan to give us the third, because Tim crashed that bachelor party. would... I can tell you what, the place they were in looked a lot bigger than the one I was in. We'll just put it that, we'll put it that way, uh, based on Tim's Snapchat. So moving on, Tennessee, they are starting to pick up the pace here. By the time this episode comes out, they might even have another commitment. I know there's a couple of kids that are very close to committing. Of course, uh, I will be breaking those stories per usual. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, they pick up Michael Penix, quarterback this week. He's currently ranked as a three star. Uh, Rob, I think I'm comfortable saying we, we both think he's probably going to be a four star when the next rankings come out. Yeah,
1: we're going to move him up. He was great at Orlando. You know, that was a a great group of quarterbacks, and he came in and looked better than all of them, at least more developed, you know, as far as, you know, he went head to head with Joe Milton, who people are drooling over now, who may go to Michigan or Florida and everybody else, and he looked like the best quarterback there. He was always going to go to Tennessee. Uh, it's easy to, you know, probably give credit to some of the new hires at Tennessee. He was high on Tennessee before this happened. Tennessee was his first offer. Uh, I think he kind of held back a little bit, just kind of see what would develop for him in front of him, but always kind of liked Tennessee and always kind of wanted to commit to Tennessee. I'm almost surprised it took so long. Uh, But, you know, they get a good one in him, I think, and a guy that they evaluated early better than we did. You know, I
0: didn't really know what he was a year ago. Uh, They obviously did, so good on them. Well, we have to remember, too, that, that they had a lot of other quarterbacks they were looking at, and who knows how hard they were pushing for that commitment. They're still working on Adrian Martinez, a quarterback who decommitted from Cal uh, earlier this week following a visit to Tennessee. So I would be curious if they take two. I think if you're going to take two quarterbacks, like you said, Penix has the affinity for Tennessee, and maybe he sticks even if they take another guy because they've taken two in the past um, And it finds a way of working itself out. I know they got a QB competition going on right now, and uh, there's not a whole lot behind there. So, so I I could see them, I could see them taking both. Penix is a guy who who I think still has offers to come. When you say Rob, I think he's only got, he's probably got less than ten. And I think he's a guy that I want to, the coaches come through here over the next few weeks. I could see him picking up some more. Let me, let me take a look at his offer list. Yeah, yeah only- no,
1: absolutely. I think he's definitely one of those guys that projects us, you know, one of those pre senior year guys that really piles on the offers. Once dominoes start to fall and maybe some schools miss out on some guys and he ends up being the backup and collecting offers. I think Tennessee is kind of in a similar spot to Miami this year, right? Like, you know, they can catch fire here, but. You know, it's really going to come down to what happens on the field. It, it, these are two programs that have to prove the, the upward trajectory still, right? I mean, Tennessee had an improvement obviously last year, but I think those that fan base still wants to see something else. Uh, in order for this situation to feel completely stable, I think they're going to have to have a pretty solid season.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't, I, I would actually, if if we were betting, okay, Tennessee versus Miami, I would expect Tennessee to win more games than Miami. I concur. Um, you know, I think they have even though they're they don't have a quarterback at the time, I think they have a more stable situation. They lost a lot of talent, including probably a couple of high draft picks, at least one in Derek Barnett, Josh Malone's probably gonna go in the top three three rounds. Cam Sutton, and of course they yeah, lose. I'm just time. saying
1: for perception, what do we think they need oh, yeah, to, yeah. these recruits to look at this situation and be like, all right, this is a stable enough place where so I'll go ahead and stick to this commitment and not look around?
0: Well, I think if they could I think if they could uh win that sec east i mean and play in that championship game that's that's been a division that's up for grabs i think they were the favorite last year they didn't end up doing it um so i think that's probably their goal at the same time cade mays you know he was <laughs> i'm pretty sure he committed to tennessee in the womb he's not going anywhere Alante Taylor, he likes to look around a little bit, but I see him st- sticking as well. Now, Jashawn Corbin, one of the recent commits, he's a four star out of, uh, Melbourne, Florida. I, I don't know a ton about him. I know. Um, him. yeah, but he, those may be the guys you worry about keeping. But if you look at some of their other commits, I mean, you know, Ollie Lane is another guy from right there in the, in the, in Tennessee. Shatara McClay is a guy who isn't going to go anywhere. So, but if for them to take the next step and move up and and get lot of those four stars, I think I think you need that uh, you need that SEC East uh, title and that would help. Uh, that would lead to a Butch Jones extension and stuff like that. And I think that that helps their recruiting. But they're on a roll now. I mean, I put them in the uh, three hot teams. <laughs> three uh, hot teams. Yeah, they're pretty hot right now. And then that's not even counting the class of twenty nineteen, where they've got three commits already. Um, All of them from in state, and I expect them to probably, like I said, expand that commitment list, if not already by the time you listen to this show. So we love talking about Tennessee, even though they don't love us uh, particularly. They listen to the show. So great job by Tennessee. They keep moving along. Now, speaking of people who don't love me, geez, the Kentucky fans, they have been on me. They have been on me on Twitter. Uh, first over Jaron Williams ranking. He was a three-star quarterback who, uh, Josh Hemholt once wrote that he didn't look like a college, a college pro- level prospect, <laughs> you know, he now has about 30 offers. Um, <laughs> so that didn't work out so well. So a lot of people have been taking that article and tweeting it at me, even though I didn't write it. It's um, phony. <laughs> Is that me saying that? <laughs> no,
2: that's, that's Judge Larry Backman from Hot Badge. Hot Badge phony.
0: Uh, <laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like me when I get my whiny, when I get worked up, my whiny nasal. The Kentucky fans uh, came there,
2: after but, me
1: hard last year about the Mac Jones situation when I suggested I didn't think he was going to stay there, which turned out to be correct. But boy, I got
0: some heat off of them. Now, that one we knew was coming. Williams, I didn't know if he was going to decommit or not. On Sunday, he came to the Rivals camp here in Atlanta. He came up. He was talking to me and uh, our girl Alexis, who handles uh, social media for us uh, at the camps. And she said, oh, where's he going? I said, well, he's committed to Kentucky for now. And he and he said, yeah, for now.
2: Yeah, that's, <laughs> Which, how, you know. that's how Max you know, that,
0: I was leading
1: right into it as well.
0: Right, so that was on Sunday, he decommitted on Monday and I tweeted the retweeted him and tweeted it at Alexis and said, you know, what did I tell you? And then that led to even more Kentucky fans call me a hypocrite and well, Correct me if I'm wrong cuz he's not from my state. Isn't this
1: the same situation where he recently picked up an Alabama offer as well? Like this is like
0: Yeah, he got Alabama, he has LSU. I, I don't think he's going to Alabama. Wait, this is déjà um, vu. Yeah, he he's an interesting guy. I you know, I think he's definitely a developmental guy. I think Chad uh you know, one of our cohorts here in the Southeast feels the same way about him. But you know, maybe who knows? Maybe he turns out to be awesome, but um you know, I haven't changed my opinion. He did look good at the camp on Sunday, probably a little better than he was last year. I think he's progressed a lot in the last year. Or so, you could see why a lot of schools like him as a guy that can, they can bring in and develop for a few years, but he's not a guy that I think a lot of schools are looking to come in and start. You mentioned Alabama. Florida State has offered him, I believe. Uh, I, I, Georgia hasn't. They're flirting with him a little bit. I think they're supposed to watch him throw this week. So. Well,
1: Florida State still doesn't for- a
0: quarterback in this class, and they lost their quarterback from last class. So,
1: I mean, it's hard times at the quarterback spot at Tallahassee, as far as recruiting goes. Obviously, Francois has the uh- –
0: the job locked up but man right for yeah for at least another year but we i wanted to talk a little bit more about kentucky you mentioned this happened last year with mac jones are they are they in and i believe mac jones was kind of an evaluation from the past offensive coordinator are they getting burned by by their good evaluations with these guys i mean they obviously saw something that they liked they offered him early got the commitment they end up losing him the same thing happened to mac do you think they're getting punished almost for for good early evaluations Yeah, I mean,
1: that's, that's part of the game, right? That's why everybody, you know, that's the, that's the upswing of the early signing period, right? Is if you do make one of these good evaluations, you can get these guys locked up before everything goes crazy, I guess. That's, you know, that obviously only benefits, (laughs) only benefits the schools. But, you know, that's kind of, I guess, if you're a fan of a school like Kentucky or any number of schools on that level, that's, you know, a major college football program, but maybe not anywhere near being a blue blood of the sport that benefits you. But yeah, I definitely, it can hurt you. The way recruiting is set up, the way signing day is set up. Uh, being good at evaluating early talent and drawing more eyeballs to a kid, yeah, it can hurt you. It's it's the rules all this time.
0: Yeah, and I think uh they they got a couple quarterbacks they're going after. It seems like they're turning the page. They they stayed on Mac Jones all the way till the end. I I think until signing day, pretty much. Right They were working on him behind the scenes. Yeah, he had at one point.
1: Here's a little here's a little behind the scenes. I don't think Mac will care if I share this story. At one point, probably two months before signing day, he had DM'd me. And said, I'm not going to completely rule out flipping back to Kentucky. They're really on me and they're making some good points. And then that just seemed to fade uh signing they got closer. But there was a point in that recruitment where Mac was at least somewhat considering uh making the move back.
0: Yeah, so I, I don't think they're gonna play that game this year. I think that they're sort of viewing us as the ship has sailed. They will probably try, but I, I just the problem is you only have so many resources to spend this time of year. This is the spring you know and and personally if i'm a coach i'm not playing games with a guy like him uh or anybody else you know at at this point so i think it's it stinks for kentucky they'll bounce back and i mean you know i don't think we can undersell you know they made a bowl game last year they have some momentum it's just tough for them to we're going to come into atlanta and battle the schools we mentioned, LSU, Alabama, maybe even Georgia, and I think that's what stung them. That's what stung them with Mac Jones. I mean, you know, schools came in and and pushed for him at the end there. So anyway, sorry, Big Blue Nation. Don't take it out on me, please. I don't want to have to block anybody else on Twitter. So Um, (laughs) my, my follower growth, it continues to stagnate due to blockings. So anyway... Rob, you got a story coming out this week. I, I I don't know when it comes out actually. Probably on Saturday since you wrote it. Um, <laughs> on, <laughs> Friday, on, Friday, <laughs> Friday. On recruiting turnoffs. Uh, you talked to some recruits. This So sim- similar. You ta- You talked to them. Asked them, Hey, what can a school do to really, you know, make you eliminate them from consideration? So, uh, what kind of feedback did you get? And when, what did you think of uh, any of the answers? Surprise you? Yeah. The common thread with the answer
1: was some form of lie, right? So. So, you know, we asked Trevor Lawrence, who's the number one player in the country, you know, and he's like, there were coaches that would tell me about their depth chart. But before I went to talk to these coaches, I'd already done the research on who they had coming in and who they have. And they would just completely lie to him. And the whole time Trevor's like looking at them, knowing it's a lie. said so he eliminated a few schools because of that. Uh, and then, you know, there were other, it was mostly, you know, coaches tell me this, like Emery Jones, who's coming to Ohio State said that he, some coach had told him that he was their number one recruit and they were at one of these, like on their board and they were at one of this quarterback things and there were three of them standing around talking. And I guess the same coach had told. Three of these kids in the exact same wording. Like <laughs> it was a prepared script. Uh, and so they all kind of shared that. And he's like, I don't know if these coaches just think we don't talk or what it is, but I mean, if you're going to lie to these kids, I mean, you got to be prepared for them to get a share info. I mean, you can't, you can't lie to
0: all of them. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's funny. I've heard a similar story in the past where, where, uh, two five star offensive linemen visited a school one day after another. One of them went into the meeting room. They had the board up there. Oh, it's the offensive line board. Player A was listed first. You're our number one guy. (laughs) Then the next day the second kid comes in and they had him listed number one and player A was then listed number two. And then, like you said, the two of them talked to each other and were like, What? And then guess what? They both went to other schools uh in the same conference as as that school that lied to them. So, you know, talk about why you always lying.
1: Talking to Trevor and Emery, it was never like, you know, I kind of expected I talked to about ten kids. And I expected at least somebody to be like, you know, if the facilities are run down or, you know, something more traditional, like uh, I don't fit the offense uh, or something like that. But instead, it was always some form of I busted this coach in a lie Except for uh, when Auburn commit uh told me that, you know, the reason that
0: he eliminated his oh, school we, – we, we, can't, we can't make cuts here, Rob. Keep in mind. I, no,
1: no, I'm – yeah, I'm not going to – I think I know what you think I'm going to say, but I'm not going to okay, tell story. Right,
0: okay, all right. So then he
1: went into some coach's office, office and the coach just stared at – like, there was this weird silence of the coach just, like, looking him up and down, <laughs> just staring at him, and he's like – I talk a lot. If you can't carry a conversation with me, then I don't know who you can talk to. So he eliminated them, I guess on the spot,
0: but no, I wasn't going to tell that other story because, you know, okay. All right. There was some of the answers, uh, would get some people in trouble that these, (laughs) these kids told you, correct? Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, these coaches, Hey, coaches, don't lie to kids, and you guess what? You better make sure they know what the rules are, and what they can and can't say to the media. People trying to get themselves in trouble, and uh, well, you want to talk about your Twitter mentions blowing up? If you tweeted that story out, you'd be in for a world of hurt. Yeah, uh, but it's also
1: so. you don't want to ruin some coach's like reputation completely without you know confirming it somehow, just based on some dude's word, you know? Right? Exactly.
0: Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some people don't even take arrests as uh, signs, of bad signs That's, of <laughs> felony. to that <laughs> people rec- recruiting reporters coming out defending felons uh, uh, in columns and whatnot. So anyway, you can check my Twitter feed if you want to hear more about that. I'm not allowed to talk about it on the show. Speaking of which, is we don't know what kind of cuts we can make. So anyway, that wraps it up. Uh, check out Rob's story on Rivals.com. We got a ton of stuff up there coming out of these camps. You know, a lot of these stories are free. People don't realize uh, you can come check them out. Uh, it's not like the old days when everything is premium because a lot of these stories we're trying to bring you in and show you that uh, you know, we're not all booger eaters over here. Only, only one of the three people on this podcast does that. So
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyway, Rob's got a game to play. Uh, this will be me versus Nick in a special segment. Yes, uh, We're calling – I don't know what we're calling.
1: We, are calling. we are calling this Recruit Handle or War Novel. Where I have gone through and scoured the internet and found some recruit Twitter handles, Twitter names, and some titles of books about war. Uh, And all you guys have to do is very simple and we'll keep score is tell me which is which. I will read you either the Twitter handle or the name of the book and you tell me if it is a war book or if it is a Twitter handle. And we should work out some kind of prize, but maybe we'll get to that later.
2: Did you also go through, you went through and found war novel names too to plug into this game? Wow. All right, we'll, we'll let you start. Nick Kruger, are you ready?
1: Yeah. All right. The first one uh, is Pocket Hercules. Is that a Twitter recruit handle or is that a uh, war book? Uh, hmm.
0: No, I'm definitely going with Twitter handle. Woody, what's your answer? Yeah, I think it's a Twitter handle also.
1: It is a Twitter handle of Cameron Graham from Tennessee, a linebacker. (laughs) One point for each of you.
0: Ding, ding, ding. Ding. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I don't have a ding thing yet. Tied one to one. (laughs) The second question here is Chain of Thunder. Is that a war book or
0: is that a Twitter handle? Say it again. What was the name? Chain say of it. Thunder. Uh, that's a that's a war no- that's a war novel. Yeah, I was gonna say book as well. In Chain of Thunder,
1: the action shifts to the fortress city
0: of Vicksburg, Mississippi.
1: There, the <laughs> vaunted Guy Brader, the Confederacy, a siege for the ages, will cement the reputation of one Union general and all but seal the fate of the Rebel cause. Oh, two man. to two. Number three is I am Malala. War book. Twitter handle.
2: No,
0: that's a Twitter handle. Well, boy, we, we, we've had we've had some debates about uh, Moana off the air, uh, but <laughs> I'm going to go with Twitter handle as well. When the Taliban could control oh, of the sweet valley, of oh, Pakistan, no! one girl
1: spoke out. Malala Yousafzai refused to be silenced and fought for her right to an education. On Tuesday, October 9th, 2012, when she was 15, she almost paid the ultimate price. Wow! I think that was that made into a movie or no? I do not. know. Anyway, okay. Next number four is magical hands. War book or Twitter handle?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Nick, uh, that's my autobiography. It's not a not a war <laughs> novel, actually. <laughs> um, now I got I got to go Twitter handle again. Okay, I'm gonna go
1: war novel. <laughs> It is the Twitter handle of Demarius Morrow from Georgia, a Uh, wide receiver. Four more to go. We'll we'll soldier through these. What about
0: Warrior Center? Yeah, geez, novel. No,
2: I think I, I think that's also a Twitter handle. It
1: is the Twitter handle of Luis Paul Smith, a 2019 oh, center no. for Mississippi, wow. who, who has attended multiple Rivals
2: camps. I'm Wait, I, I, I cheated, actually. That kid DM'd me before <laughs> I had one. Of That's what, that name sounded familiar. I was afraid that was going to happen. I had some inside info on that one, okay. so. but I still won. All right, two more to go, Nick. Oh, Nick, never mind. Nick, two more to go. <laughs> Woody can tie this
1: up. I think he's got to get both, and you've got to miss one. All right. So you can end it here. Fists of God, war book or Twitter handle? It's got to be a war book. Yeah, I'm going to war on that one too. From the, the from the behind the scenes decision making of the Allies, the secret meetings with Saddam Hussein's war cabinet, fists of gods, incomparable storytelling still keeps the suspense at a breakneck pace. Mm, boy. Here All you go, last one. Major Titus, war book or Twitter <laughs> handle?
2: <laughs> this isn't Titus O'Neill's Twitter handle, is it? <laughs> no, that's uh, <laughs> Titus WWE. Hoorah! Yeah, okay. Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs> I'm going Twitter on that one. What is it? One more time, Major Titus. You you took Twitter handle? No, this is. Uh, I think also. Uh, oh man, I, I'm gonna go with war novel. Oh man, it is the Twitter
1: handle of a defensive end from the yeah. Oh, yeah. end. I believe that's a tie score, so maybe we'll have to do another class yeah, wow. another time. Recovered? Yeah, what he did recover.
2: Hey, that's a great segment by you, Rob. I can't believe I can't believe you brought something to the table like that. <laughs> thanks, thanks, Greg. <laughs> I'm just saying if I would have had some notice I could have worked together a little theme song or something
1: we'll do, I'll give you notice we'll, we'll do some more of these in the future maybe not every week but I'll come up with Yeah, right.
2: ones okay
0: good job Rob and we'll come back yeah, our production quality is going to increase hopefully as we figure out how to use this app um, so no no interview this week but we're going to hopefully change that as I said if we can figure out how to use this sucker uh, we could be having more interviews on a regular basis as well and 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 uh, you know, give us some give us some credit. We're not going to give a shout out to the name of the company yet because we've got to make sure it actually works. So, uh, know why you always lie in this week. We kind of touched on that with college coaches. So it's time now for the tweet of the week. Oh, I don't have that dropped. <laughs> oh, man, <I'm> t-
2: <laughs> Rob, you want that to? Was that, that's actually saved on another computer. I have to open up a whole other computer to get that. So. Rob, you want to give us that one? You want to subtweet people? You're nothing but a loser.
0: Close
2: enough (laughs) But an embarrassment
0: That's what it is (laughs) Oh man So uh, this one is divisive Uh, Nick was uh, at my house this weekend And we started watching the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why We watched the first two episodes uh, And then uh, We've gone our separate ways Nick has binged all the way up to what episode are you on now Nick? Uh, I
2: think I may I may be on ten. I may have just started ten. I and am. On Rob, 10. you started watching
0: Rob started independently watching. He's on episode eight. We should just do a Thirteen Reasons Why podcast is <laughs> what we should do. We <laughs> should do a separate podcast. Uh but anyway, I'm only on episode I've only watched four. I got you know, I got a lot of shows that are cooking right now. So uh I'm gonna recommend it. You know, yeah. this is classic. If you're Woody if you're Woody Womack and you watch a lot
2: of shows Wait, re- is this Tweet of the Week or r- Ransom Recommendations? Oh, she- <laughs>
0: Well, what should we do now, Nick? Should I keep doing it? We'll go back to yeah, the just let it. Week? Yeah, let it
2: ride. Let it ride. ride. Okay. So early ransom recommendations. Uh,
0: so anyway, music. I'm going to, I am going to recommend it. And I'll tell you why, as I was stating prior. Um,
2: oh, Sorry. <laughs> Yes. I, didn't know it, I didn't know it looped like that. <laughs> and, 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 you pregnant, know, new technology. I,
0: <laughs> pause. Uh, I like the show. I watch a lot of shows that are directed at teens. I can tell you that a lot of our a lot of our uh, recruits have been talking about how much they like this show and have been watching it and have binged it. So personally, I'm going to say watch it. it you got to take it for what it's worth, and that's how you got to go into these shows. You know, I'm a big fan of the show Riverdale, which I'm currently watching based on the Archie comics. Um, you know, Gossip Girl, The OC, of course, one of the greatest shows in the t- in television history, and this is right right up there. Same same type of thing. Uh, thirteen episodes. We're, we're, we guess we should explain what it's about. A girl commits suicide. She leaves almost
1: girl, podcast. On, full of respect. Hannah Baker commits suicide.
0: Okay, Hannah Baker commits suicide, and she leaves behind thirteen. How many tapes does she leave? Thirteen. Six tapes, thirteen sides, A and B. Uh, Okay. Um, well, wait, wait. That doesn't that ma- yeah, that math doesn't make <laughs> so sense. I guess
1: seven tapes, thirteen sides, A and B.
0: Yeah. So, so anyway, she uh, in each each tape is about a person. An episode coincides with it. I th- I think they probably could have made it about eight reasons why. Um, but anyway, I like it. You know, well, that,
2: you're only two episodes in. Is that what you four, said? Four. Four. Oh, four. Okay. But I'm oh, saying I'm sorry, they could have trimmed, trimmed some.
0: Nine. They could have trimmed some fat. I mean, I already hate it. I, you know, in four. <laughs> 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 okay, i still would say watch it i think it's good to watch no, i'm gonna finish it
1: like it doesn't mean i don't hate it i finished dexter for christ's sake you know how much i hated dexter i just no, mumbled to yeah. myself while i watched it for Dexter, got <laughs> pretty bad at the oh, end man my problem is as follows i'll try to keep this to the episodes you've seen um the dialogue in this show first of all is ridiculous it's bad that little stunt she pulls on the bus it, what high school ever where it's like, I don't ride the bus. Well, I don't ride the bus either. And she runs off the bus and the guy gets locked in there. And don't even start me on the six foot two shooting guard with a weird jump shot that's getting recruited by every college in the country. Is that man? I'm telling you, that, I just nitpicked this show apart and it's mainly the dialogue. It's like this pithy dialogue that you would like expect from like an Aaron Sorkin show, like the newsroom or something, but it's high schoolers delivering it.
2: And well, it's like, look, man, I was I- in high school. People don't talk like that. <laughs> right. Well, what I feel is like sometimes you see shows like this, and then um, it's one of those deals where you know, like it, it, the dialogue is such as you would like read in a book or something. Like it doesn't. It, it plays better reading it than it than it yeah. does when you actually see it on on television. But I, my two cents on this: it, it actually the dialogue I feel as the show progresses. Maybe you just get used to the stuff that they talk about or the way that they deal with things, but it becomes less of a thing that I get concerned about as the show goes on. The only thing that I'll say is I do feel it gets better as it continues relative to itself. And then also, uh, I said this to Woody the other day, the the guy, the main character, the male lead, actually does a really nice job uh, throughout. And I thought he – I think he – I agree. He's good. No, he's good, and I've seen him in something else. I was
0: trying to remember what other show he was in. Uh, that I or a movie that I enjoyed. Somebody's. I don't. I don't know what it was, but anyway. I mean, we're not it's steering clear in thing. the
1: show. Of like, we're not steering clear of tropes in the show at all, either, right? It's like, hey, it's the it's the jock that sexually harasses people. It's the mean girl cheerleader that goes behind people's back and creates drama. Hey, it's the nerdy photographer guy who's got a weird secret. I mean, it, it checks every box. <laughs>
0: well but that's the that's the whole point of the, you know what you're getting – that's what I'm saying. you know what you're getting into yeah, yeah, uh, I know uh on on that front, so you gotta know that coming in um and 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 like I said, that's what I liked about it so you know take it for what it's worth it's kind of guilty pleasure type t v it's not we're not this is gonna shock you, but we're about twice uh the age of the of the target <laughs> audience there. <laughs> so um, you know, and I mentioned this to Nick when we were watching it. A lot of these teen shows I have they have four they have dudes like us writing for it, so that's why you end up with some of the weird dialogue or you know, like on Pretty Little Liars, they're always reading the newspaper. And it's like <laughs> yeah. you know, teenage girls are not reading how, the local weekly newspaper. How us. about
1: the opening the opening scene in the show where they're walking past the memorial to Hannah and some girl stops, takes a selfie with the with the locker, and then shouts out, Hashtag never forget? <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, and I, I told as Nick and I were watching, I told a few stories of some things I had said in real life uh, when when incidents happened at my high school that didn't go over so well. So uh, you know, it, it hit it hit it, it hit home with me on that front. So 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 I enjoyed it. By the way, our boy, uh, the star of the show, his name is Dylan Manette. He was on a TV show called Awake, which I watched on. Uh, NBC, which I really enjoyed, which was a short lived show. And he was also on Lost, so uh where he where he was in several episodes in Lost. So, you know, we're talking about a veteran a veteran guy here who's been in a ton of stuff, um despite being how old is he, ninety six? He's only twenty one, so I say watch it. You guys say watch it or well, what? He's 21, which means he's
1: playing a high schooler, which is, you know, you'd say it's unbelievable, but, ha- you know, a lot of the recruits we cover are 21. He's gonna, he's gonna here, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, this kid, this kid definitely he's looks the listen. part, uh, you know, he he definitely looks the part of a teenager. So I say watch it's it. It's phony. <laughs> it's not phony. I, I say, I say, I say I'm sold. You guys, you guys say we well, I mean, should finish watch it, it or not? So, I mean, I can't
1: okay. sit here in good conscience and tell people don't watch it when my lame bud is going to sit here and I almost said the A word. Uh, <laughs> He's going <laughs> to sit here and finish it. Uh, really this is a podcast where I once got in trouble for saying Jesus, so you got to be careful.
0: Well, you do. said it uh, twice. You said all it all twice right. this uh, this episode, so let's hope it doesn't. After listening to that hockey podcast, though, uh, I would say uh, we we can get away with a little more. So. All right, now it's time to actually do Tweet of the Week. Hopefully, we had a little technical glinch there as we continue to learn our new... Uh, <laughs> <Glinch>. <laughs> that's not much. For those who are wondering why I say glinch, uh, that's how my mom says it in her made-up uh, language that she speaks. So, big shout to her. Um, anyway, Tweet of the Week. I've gotten not one, not two, but three tweets that I favorited. Uh, we're going to start out with Defeater, who apparently is a band. At Defeater is their handle. Abandoned is out now on Epitaph Records. If you want to I, check I, out, I,
1: I seriously would have guessed Warbook. One yeah, hundred was on the. Defeaters
0: iPad. a good one. So, so this was from earlier in the week. Uh, they they tweeted tomorrow is Earth Day, but do your part every day because we only get one planet, and Mars looks hella boring and blank to live on. <laughs> <laughs> so, there you go. I'm, with, I'm, with them, I'm with them on that one. That got retweeted into my timeline. So, uh, I, we would have done the beep, but I don't know what what, what our technology is now. Number two, Jaden Hunter, George's signee, uh, famously did a commitment video with us and uh, made Nick really mad. As we date back to that time, he tweeted uh, his is at Jaden Hunter nine. He tweeted, "Know your worth, then add tax." <laughs> That got, that got 485 retweets. Can you believe it, folks? I can, sadly. Oh, jeez. Now...
1: Somebody they, needs to explain to this dude how taxes <laughs> work.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you worth... Then add tax. Uh, so, uh, this tweet was my favorite. So, so this girl named Lex... Uh, she, she has a weird Twitter handle that I'm not going to read. She says, A message I sent to a friend but felt somebody else might need it as well. Be blessed. We don't know why not, but eventually we will. And she, it it has to be – I mean, it's two full screenshots of just text. I mean, it's got to be about 500 words, right, of her saying, you know, uh, talking about church and things like that. Stop looking for friendships and temporary people. Um, Cece, this,
1: Hannah, Cece Hannah Baker.
0: Right, right. I mean, it's long. Um, he will lead you to the water, but it's up to you to drink it, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. It's long. So long that she couldn't put. She did screenshots, right? So our boy Scott Robinson Jr., who's a three-time state champ per his uh, per his Twitter Twitter handle, he follows me. He's a 2018 recruit, followed by quite a few coaches, including Jeremy Pruitt, the uh, defensive coordinator for Alabama. He retweets this tweet and says, "Ain't nobody gonna read all that." <laughs> <laughs> Hero. <laughs> Her her original tweet got uh, 19 retweets and 24 favorites, and uh, Ain't Nobody Gonna Read All That got 15 retweets and 47 favorites, including one from me. So, big shout, Scott Robinson Jr. You win uh, this week's Tweet of the Week. <laughs> <laughs> I see Nick's got it up and running again. Now, Nick, uh, before oh, we wrap...
2: That was just, that was manual. That was manual clapping. (laughs) Before (laughs)
0: we wrap it up, uh, how confident are you that we lost uh, the entire podcast? Or or we, or we? No,
2: no, we, I, well, we didn't lose the entire podcast in maybe 42 minutes of dead silence before this point, but we have, (laughs) we definitely have audio tracks that we're going to be posting.
0: Okay. So, so uh, we want to remind you. Please, 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 uh, go on iTunes. Leave us a review. The last review we got was from the bachelor party I went to, so we need some new reviews. We need more people making fun of Rob, which uh, which seems to be like which right, I like which right. I, I've really.
1: That's fine if you want to. If you want to encourage it, I told you I don't have a problem being like the pincushion of the podcast.
0: Um, yeah, <laughs> I guess that that'd be a good nickname for you. This week I'm going to Charlotte, I believe. Krug City, you will be joining me, correct? You bet. In the in the Queen City, yep. uh, fitting that you're coming. <laughs> I'm going to hang out with our <laughs>
1: boy Michael Vick and the. Uh, oh, that that's case. right.
0: Now, now keep in mind, you must call him Mike Vick. He does not like to be called Michael, so uh, Mike. keep that in mind. You will be talking to Mike, and you're going to have a lot of good content out of there, including a top performers file, which has been requested. <laughs> so, uh, have fun writing that one. Um, but you know, you got to do what you got to do. So. We're gonna take it, leave it away for our boy M. Deuce to. Uh, oh,
2: I forgot. To, yeah,
0: to play us out, to end the show. Oh. Uh, R.I.P. Bill O'Reilly. What? <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's Where's his that quote come? that I quote every week. So, take it away, M. Deuce. We'll be back next week with another episode.